12 minutes past 7, that's the JSB Cruise Choice, Ed Sheeran and Castle on the Hill. And you are welcome to make your selection. Maybe you want another to ginger sing to sing a song for you. Or maybe you want someone else. And I see your choices are coming in. We'd love to hear from you. So one of the great challenges of the globe, of course, is climate change. And part of climate change is the issue of water. South Africa is an arid country. And in many places, we've noted, of course, that there is massive drought that may shift and change in a year, but it may also become worse in a year or two years or whatever the case may be. On the line with us, we have Ray DeFries, who is the founder of a project called Air Water. And the focus is on creating water out of air. Scientifically, I suppose that makes a lot of sense. But, Ray, you're going to explain it all to us. Ray, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning, Michelle. Thank you, and how's it to all the listeners? So, Ray, let's start very simply explaining how do we draw water from the air apart from rain, etc. Okay. We've got, uh, we've got machines that draw in the air, cool the air down. The condensation then goes through a filtration and a sterilization process using UV light, no chemicals or chlorine. And then that water is fresh to dispense into glass bottles, hopefully, or any other receptacle that, uh, that one needs, be it storage or, or for media drinking. So, Ray, you talk about chlorine, you talk about UV lights. What uh, The water that comes out after it's being drawn down and cooled, is it completely clear, clean water? I'm starting to think about the chemicals that may be part of it. Now, the ultraviolet and the filtration looks after that 100%. It's perfectly pure water. In fact, the best water you can get very, very soft. It's alkaline and completely free of any pathogens or anything that can do you any harm. You talk about it being drawn down and then, uh, I suppose, drip-fed into bottles. Uh, Why is this important for you? And if it doesn't go into bottles, where is it going? You know, what we've done now, we've been in it for 16 years. So what we've done now, Michelle, is not only concentrate on drinking water, but because of COVID and having a look at those horrible images of kids uh, climbing down drains, in the Eastern Cape to get water. We developed a, a, um, a very, it's rough, but it's 100% perfectly pure uh, water-making machine that's good for, for washing hands. Uh, it's good for drinking as well. So the, 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 the drinking water itself, we, we prefer it in drinking uh, in, in glass bottles, obviously because of the plastic. We hate plastic. And the glass bottles go backwards and forwards on a returnable basis. Yeah. And uh, therefore, you know, it, it saves a lot of plastic from the, from the waste. So basically what you're doing is you're harvesting water in the same way that you might harvest a crop, except that the difference is that this is water. Where are you doing this and who has access to it? We're doing it. We started in, uh, in uh, Durban and then we moved during the drought in 2017 to Cape Town. But we've exported this all over the world now. Uh, a lot of people uh, wanting it on islands, on places where you can't get it, uh, commercial bottling plants, humidity harvesting bottling plants. Uh, people who want it for their homes, hospitals, clinics, etc. So we've gone as far afield as uh, St. Bartholomew in the British Virgin Islands, uh, Malta, uh, right through to Australia, uh, Bali. Uh, and then, but our, our big heart is here in South Africa to really grow the, grow the project itself. Ray, you talk about the fact that you are engaging with different uh, people, uh, different organizations around the world. But you also mentioned those young kids in the Eastern Cape, which, of course, talks to some real challenges and real issues. How do they get access to this? I mean, obviously, I'm sure, not obviously, but uh, I imagine it's a costly, it's a costly process. 
you know, there's nothing more more frustrating than, than actually seeing those horrible images and knowing that you've got the solution for those kids in your hand uh, and then trying to get that to them. So we've developed this very, this very inexpensive, or much less expensive uh, system for the Eastern Cape, or for any drought area for that matter. And um, that's going to go to NGOs and schools. And hopefully they're going to they're take it on board. And as soon as they see the success of it, uh, we can roll that out. So it's basically taking water to the people, I mean, rather making water for the people where it's, where it's, where it's uh, needed, uh, rather than taking water to the people, which is an expense involved. So when you actually look at the litre per mouth, if one wants to look at that, it's uh, as inexpensive uh, with our system as making it in Johannesburg and driving it down in trucks to the Eastern Cape, for argument's sake. You know, you're talking about a supply chain issue, Ren. I'm going to sort of push you on this because I think that the challenge of what you're, you're talking about is the issue of supply chain. And you say you're going to make it accessible to schools and NGOs, and yet schools and NGOs cannot afford, for example, even to to truck water down from the Johannesburg. They could maybe find a tap and hope in the tap and hope that the tap is there. But how do we get past that jump? Once the success is seen and once we can measure it in human lives and once we do the right thing over and over and over again, people will realize and are realizing fast, by the way. We're getting an enormous amount of inquiries. But for under 100,000 rand, we can give 100 kids water, fresh, pure, 100% water each and every single day. So it starts with the school system. If we can put it into schools in the Eastern Cape, we're already doing our first one in Malmesbury here in the Western Cape. If we can do one in the Eastern Cape and they can see the success of that and the inexpense of it and the jobs that it provides, and in fact that school can even provide or sell uh, to make funds, can sell to the environment or to the, to the, to the, the community that it's in, then that will catch on like wildfire. And uh, are you talking to provincial government for that? Yes, we are. We are in, we, we're starting negotiations actually this week in the Eastern Cape. Okay, fantastic. It certainly is a very interesting process and we uh, look forward to you uh, growing this. Ray, uh, you come from uh, the Doozy, the Doozy Canoe Marathon background. So I imagine that for you, water and clean water is critical in your life as well. Absolutely, yeah. I promoted the Doozy for 19 years and it was there that I learned all about the water. And in fact, it was uh, meeting a, a little kid that, uh, that saw water dripping from the side of a, a bottle in, in very humid and hot conditions. And he pointed it out to me. And I thought, wow, hang on, he's got something here. <laughs> from small beginnings. Yeah, very small beginnings. Amazing. Ray DeFries is the founder of Air Water and uh, looking at harvesting water, containerizing, I suppose, atmospheric water. It's a very interesting process and certainly one that's worth following. Does raise the challenges once again of the supply chain and the value chain. And the glitch is always in the cost. Who pays for it? And when we say for 100,000 rand, you can give... um, uh, what was it, a thousand children uh, water for a day. Well, that's poof, it still costs. And the question is, we need to get someone to pay for that process as well. It's 7.20.